to advertise email podcast at thisismechi.com. Release yourself from order and logic and enter a new place. It's not work. It's not home. Here, no maps have been drawn. No books have been written. Nothing is certain. Everything is possible. Welcome to Podcast and Chill with Matt G. I'm assuming this doesn't end well. Hidna, Marimini, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the leader of One SA, Ntate Muisi Maiman. Aloysius. Oh, I can't forget Aloysius. You can't, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to ask you, are you related to a lost Get relative. Anyone who says that name is a relative. Yeah. No, it's a special name. You know, I grew up Catholic. My my grandmother was Catholic. So yeah. there's a saint in the Catholic Church called Saint Aloysius. Okay. So my ah. my grandmother thought that Otlana Muruti. Mm. And my mother thought Otlana Musi. Yeah, so yeah. I had Musi Aloysius my Were you so raised by the name is gone. Were you raised by a grandmother? Because you know every black kid has been raised by the grandmother. Of course. You know my grandmother when you say you are raised, you would go there the first day of school holidays. Yeah. And when you get there, you know you have a mandatory haircut, Lecaster oil. <laughs> That's the combination. So when I was raised, I had fair haircuts and enough castor oil to last hey. me my life. So my grandmother is too special to me. She so the really no no more speita. They used to speiti. Ah, uh, speitas I give you. <laughs> it's either speita or castor oil, one of the two. Yeah, it's either that. Yeah, you gotta pick. But my grandmother is too. Sp- she passed away a number of years ago. She probably is the one of the few single influencers in my life. Just totally mm. brought me values. She. You need a praying grandmother. You need a ma- grandmother who will call you out. Mm. You need someone who will say to you, "This is the way." And yeah. She, she. You could do many things. You could, you could do wrong things. Yeah. But if you didn't go to church, my grandmother would deal with you. That would mean Jorge, que casta el lispe. So, did you so, get hidings? Ah, uh, you know, I grew up coca sigotopsi, and uh, it was more the exception if you didn't get a hiding. Mm. I was the first born in my family. And so, thinking about it, uh, you know, the standards are tested with you. I'm a parent myself, and I can see how, with my daughter, my eldest daughter, umatlali straight. <laughs> the, 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 the more they come, I think I feel like you're a little bit more tired, so you become a lot more lenient about things. But the first ones, you try everything. But my mother is also left-handed. Yeah. So. So no no size or which side is it coming? <laughs> She's like a southpaw, so she would like deliver proper hiding. Yeah. So I I was raised by a Kosa woman, man. My mother so 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 we don't mess around. Yeah. Do you remember the you last out, time you got a hiding? You are out of order. You are disciplined. What what did you get a hiding for the last time? That you remember? It's quite a bad story. You gotta um, tell us this. Story. Yeah, man. Ah, no, it's, it looked like like I was in my teenagers, and I thought to myself, I'd heard someone say we must smoke grass. <laughs> hey. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know what what they meant. Hey. And so we'd 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 mowed the lawn, so there was this grass dried out. So I took it, now I rolled it up. I thought, ah, give my actual grass, not actual grass, not weed. So Whoa. actual grass. I smoked the thing. My mouth swelled up. You know when you come home, and they started. And literally, I I was sick and also properly hammered. So, so that was the last time. I thought I'll never do that again. And I'm grateful for that grass experience because it stopped me from doing other things nah. in a community where drugs were like uh, generally readily available, especially marijuana. So you've never smoked weed. Um, no. <laughs> he gets PTSD. No, 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 I had, I had uncles who were a little bit older than me who were a little bit like, glue was their thing. Yeah. And from time to time, you know, you know that Kenya Tropica, they would say, try it and see what happens. But I, I'm grateful. You know, my life has been guided by the divine and I'm grateful, Jorge, we had moments where things could have gone badly. Man. Mm. Like I, I speak to enough young people who just that one hit of something gets them hooked onto something over mm. a long period of time. Mm. I was grateful I played sport as a junior. I played... Yeah, you wanted to be um, a soccer player. Whoa. You know, so, so we had our soccer team and that kept me kind of focused. I knew you couldn't 
you couldn't really perform well if you were high or something so yeah. so so that helped me out a lot and and i think i'm grateful i genuinely genuinely count my blessings and sometimes we think of the things we get but we forget the things we were spared from 100% right so so like not being able to be hooked on drugs i mean we grew up in communities chebins where the order of the day i mean apartheid set it up that way so so i'm grateful i never got into like heavy drinking or alcohol mm. or any of that and and thanks to my grandmother and my parents they had a value for education that insisted that whether you must get to school and you must get through it so yeah, man he's got like 10 degrees dog dude from wales <laughs> all over man <laughs> but before we get to to, to your education eh? yeah. how long did you stay at krugersdorp for because that's where you were born um well i was born koleratong which is just outside kagiso oh, um, okay. so that's the i suppose the association i lived kosoweto all my life my oh, okay. um and my parents still live in the same house so wow. yeah so i'm grateful that's that's there's soweto in the 80s was probably one of the most uh beautiful upbringings any child could ever wish for you know um i when i think about the freedoms we enjoyed in a very oppressed system mm. soweto gave you the contrast of both it gave you the right to play football in the streets without as a child worrying about other issues but it also reminded you of the broader struggle i didn't live far from a hostel so Jeez. violence was like you know part of the thing i mean we learned how to make a petrol bomb before you knew how to ride a bicycle so so, so 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 the combination between those two things made the contrast in soweto so you had Rich. to grow up fast mm, you had mm. to grow up fast but you also were free I, mm. I, i don't know how to put that it was like the contrast of soweto you could listen to my father loved music so nerdy lp no if you know lps you know 45 <laughs> <laughs> usb <laughs> so we listened to a lot of music i grew up listening to a lot of jazz i grew up listening to I grew up with bands like Bo Rechika Papiri was a regular at my house Tapelo Komu who was their mm. producer was a family friend so we wow. literally so I grew up in this camouflage of music and jazz and and all of that and at the same time uh in a broader story of apartheid the violence mm. but also in my high school years part of the one and a halfism yeah. i call it that because here we were living kokasi but going to these ex model c schools interacting in a new kind of way you know how fitla when your assignment is handwritten babang it's typed it's, typed, yeah. it's just after 94 so you got white people you've got the dynamic i remember race wars in high school like there was only nine of us in the school and i remember some kid saying something about my mother i took the chair i'm i'm a black man you know and yeah. and it became like the fight in the classroom wow. so 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 that was the contrast the, mm. that we lived in and and i think sometimes the reason there's an emphasis on the contrast issue is because we must we must also be honest when we reflect on our history yeah. not all white people were oppressors mm, mm, not all you know we lived in a world that was one and a half mm. and yeah there were some racists i know that for a fact but i also know there were white people who helped pay for my school blazer when i didn't have one yeah who said we'll give you some money we'll help you we'll help they help me fund my education they help me get through school cuz i was shocked when i found out that you grew up in sweden i thought he was like a north boy like soft life yeah never what he speaks that's what yeah. you think yeah i got to see topsy in fact uh, as i came in uh, here today yeah. um the lady who walked me in kwako yeah. long till now you know long till you know jobset v you know really there are places in soweto you know and yeah. long till is one of them then and, and that's where i grew up and yeah you went to ellen glen sure. ellen glen high glen school in, right? the, in the in the west mm. i heard uh, you were a ladies man there from who yeah from the ladies that i know ah you know <laughs> you know the wrong ones no you, i i was a sh- i'm You know people don't know this about me yeah. often people think ah you're in public life you're an extrovert you all of this I'm actually very shy I have, How crazy is that? Yeah I And it's I hard to fathom right? People never yeah. believe it yeah mm. people I feel like energy and people really I have to work hard and um I I had bad skin when I was in high school so hey 
you know, <laughs> when others were talking about cute cure, I was very sympathetic to the to the argument. <laughs> I could listen to it all the time. So, so I was always like, ah. So, so, so approaching uh, approaching girls, I was quite. So how do you meet your wife? Daunting. How do you meet your wife if you're so shy? My wife and I went to church together. Okay. So that helped. Uh, and secondly. I think she needed a B partner. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, 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 no. We were we were very good friends for a long time, and I I even think in trying to ask her out, you know, hey, I had to give a speech, man, and I I panicked. I panicked. I eventually was explaining to her, you know, if you're a cricketer and then you want to hit the ball. You need this one to field it here. Let's create the partnership. She was like, "You want to go out?" I was like, "Cool, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> that." That makes it easy. And and since she's been my best friend, we've been married now for 16 years. Wow, we've got that's three kids. Amazing, man. So yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. She's amazing. She's smart. She. How do you she, tell your parents? How do you tell your parents? Ooh, Jesus. Yes. Um, Cause you bring home a white lady, they're like, Yo, and that's, 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 yeah, 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 that's yeah, the other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm saying, like, I, I didn't bring a lot of girls home. Yeah. And when I brought her home, I, I had to do preparations, you know, mm. because sometimes we forget that as a country, racism has got two dynamics to it. It's got power and superiority, but it's also got inferiority. Mm. And I remember speaking to her in the car, saying to her, "Bon." We're gonna get to my parents' house. My mother is the most hospitable person you'll meet. Um, she'll be the first one to offer you coffee or tea. Wow. When we get there, remember you are arriving. Mm. You've got power by virtue of your history and the color of your skin. Mm. Mm. You need to break that down when you get there. Mm. Because when you get there, I'm going to ask you to make the tea yourself and offer it to my mother. Yeah. Because she needs to realize that at the end of the day, you are her daughter. You're not mm. any other thing. If this thing yes. goes anywhere, that's what it's going to be. Yes. And, and it's African tradition. Absolutely. And mm. I wanted her to get that up front. So arriving home, it became that interaction. I was grateful we had that chat because mm. I'll never ever forget. Uh, we were at a funeral um, of one of the cousins and we were standing in a long line as one does Kukasi mm. after go gravesite and as we're standing in the line she was standing in front of me now she is and my grandmother came and said sorry my dear in our culture the women are over there Ba-pila. I'm sorry my darling and you know what I was grateful for that experience why because it told me Jorge, suddenly she was another Magodi in the Maimani family mm. she wasn't white she wasn't any of that she was just another and she herself that's one of the things I truly uh, love about my wife is that she's conscious about hey I understand my own background but I also understand the South African context and we're trying to raise South African adults so 100%, yeah. so so I she learns Tswana she has to learn she works through that mm. and she's an advocate for a very diverse society so so I'm I'm grateful I I, I truly And when you am. go to her family when you meet the in-laws is it the same uh, it 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 wasn't always in the beginning yeah Re remember all of us were at church together okay yes uh, yeah and to be honest with you when we were getting engaged about to get married we had a lot of extended family from her side who were like, this thing is wrong. Oh. Now, that's the other side of power. Sure. Because people were like, hey, what went wrong? Are you pregnant? She was like, no, I just love this guy. They were like, are you sure? Like, this thing is not right. We had people pulling away from our wedding. We invited oh. them. They said, we are not coming uh, because we think this thing is wrong. And that's where faith makes a big difference because we thought even though we can identify that this is a fairly discriminatory act, mm. it's racism, mm. but we can't adopt that attitude because people sometimes aren't, they start off fearful before they become racist. Mm. And you've got to arrest it at the fear because what we don't know, we, we shy away from. Mm. I always sometimes think when I look at some of the incidents in our country, it's because we don't know each other, we fear each other. Mm. And so immediately we kind of go, ah, it's racist. Mm, mm. But I've got to believe, Jorge, 
sometimes people don't know they're fearful and you've got to help them transition. You've got to help them say, eh, don't fear me, I'm a fellow human being. Give Ubuntu. Mm. Because when you do that, there's hope for people to change. Mm. I think that the racist, the classic racist, is a person who once you confront them to say, hey, that action, that step there was wrong. And then they remain in that position saying, knowing it is wrong, I'm not going to change. Mm. That is for me the racist. But when someone, because how many of us, let's speak as, as guys, how many of us have said things maybe sometimes about women? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you needed a you needed, lot of things. You know what I mean? You needed a woman to come to you and say, brother. You don't say that. And check you, you. You, you, you and check you. Yeah. Does that make you sexist? Now we say you are sexist, you are finished. No. Sometimes you stop and you say, you're right. 100%. I was wrong. I need a take two on that issue. But don't put a label on it. That, that, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, 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 that's the hope of humanity. 100%. But if we don't believe human beings are able to change, then the project is doomed. Then we must assume we're done. Do you think uh, Helen Zilla's racist? I think Helen Zilla says some very uh, racist things, I, in, in my view. Yeah. I have worked with Helen. Mm. I respect her. I think that, I think she says some things that that can be deemed as that. But I think to me at the end of the day, part of the journey is about challenging. 100%. It's about yeah. challenging the issues. So, mm. so like I thought the statement about colonialism, for example, was one of those statements that were discriminatory against people. I thought that the statement was very, it undermined the pain of black people, but it also undermined the pain of Afrikaans people. Mm. Because colonialism also delivered concentration camps for Afrikaners. Mm. Yes, it? Mm. Uh, sure. And that's another untold story. Mm. And I thought that was discriminatory. Mm. Mm. So I challenged that. Yeah. And I think if she, she took the position that said no, she could retract or she could do whatever. Mm. And I still give her the space to say, you need to work this thing out. Mm. But I think broader, I wouldn't class her in that way. Yeah. I would simply say she says some things that I think are discriminatory yeah. and, and are hurtful sometimes to people who look like me. Before you got into politics, what were you doing? A lot. Yeah. I was doing, I was in business. Yeah. I was in, uh, in church. You were a lecturer as well? Yeah, I lectured and I did, yeah, so I did a couple of things, yeah. Mm, but not like waitressing jobs, nothing... Hey man, my first job was working at Total Sports. Um, <laughs> no way. I used to oh. sell shoes. <laughs> I used to sell shoes. I, I used to... What a I, good sport, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I totally didn't, agree. I, I, didn't, I didn't have... I didn't have... Um, I didn't have a lot of... Um, shoes. Money. <laughs> and I didn't have... Remember... When I finished school, my, my, my mother worked as a cashier. Yeah. And my father worked in a factory. I, there was no ways they were going to afford to take me to university. Mm, mm. And we needed to work hard for, for them to get me there. Indeed. And I needed to work hard to get myself through it. Yeah. Um, so so that, took, that took a lot of work. And that's, so I had, to, I had to hustle. I had to hustle like everybody else. Yeah. I had to hustle. I had to work. I worked every Saturday. I spent more money on transport getting there than actually but, making money. But, <laughs> but, but I'm grateful for that experience. And, yeah. uh, what made you study theology, man? One, I have a deep faith I, as a Christian. It's, it's why. And I want to circle back to this issue about Helen because I think it's an important one, certainly for here. I happen to believe that human beings can be redeemable. I happen to believe that people can change unless they choose themselves not to change. Mm. And I will keep calling, even people like Helen, whoever, it doesn't matter who, to rise up to being South Africans who can contribute to the dream. And along the journey, we may get it wrong, but we need to call people out. Mm. And we need to call ourselves to greatness. Yeah. Because I think the conversation isn't aided when we say, ah, we are done. When It's only when a person chooses to say, nah, I'm done. Mm. I'm exiting the South African story. I'm going to sit in a corner. Then we have to deal with that issue. And I think it's important to put that on the table. Not for any other reason other than the fact that if anyone listened to, if anyone is listening out to this podcast, 
I want them to know I invite people to greatness mm. about this country. That's the country I want to build. Now you say, why do I study theology? How long did you because practice that speech? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mirror knows it maybe a hundred times <laughs> at home, eh? Because <laughs> you just had to quiet. Yeah, I had to quiet. Like, yeah, are you very question, so? <laughs> yeah, and, and what, 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 what's today? Yeah, whatever day it is, but this one will tell you. No, 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 nothing like that. Nothing like that. No, 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 no. I think it's important. You yeah. know, you know, you know, you know, leadership, I, you know, Michelle Obama says it best. When they go low, you've got to keep yes, 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 yes. going high. Yeah. And that's, it's important. And I think why I studied theology is because I studied theology and psychology at the same time. Because I was trying to figure out that what makes human, what makes us human. Mm. And what is our relationship to the divine? And I'm grateful I did that because it let me see a person for who they are. Mm. Uh, it let me look at you and go, ah, I think, Jorge, you are part, when I see you, I see a fellow human being. You make me more human, but I also see the divine in you. Hmm. And whatever your gender is, whatever your orientation is, sure. whatever your whatever, I see the divine in you. And that for me has become important. And What did you learn about humans from... from studying psychology and theology we are all flawed yeah 100 percent. Uh, i think that's important and i also do think that we all have a you know what distinguishes a human being from uh an animal or whatever is that we seek to find meaning and purpose mm, and yes. those things are crucial because a life well lived is a life that expresses its fullness of its purpose. Woo! Once that purpose is extracted, sure. then life can't just be reducing to inhaling and exhaling. I, I just think there's yeah. there's more to it. We've always got to articulate the why. And Before, the happiness is in the purpose. Absolutely. Oh, Once you man. find that, yeah. you fulfill your life in a way that you can ride above the storm. Mm. You can... It's what gives you the why. It's what makes you get up in the morning. It's what makes you... It's what, it's what lets a musician know that it's not just about writing lyrics, but it's about doing something greater. Mm. So to me, that's what makes us who we are. And, and I guess if one of my favorite verses that all of creation, all of creation reveals his glory. And to me... That reminds me that it doesn't matter what you do, whether you're an artist, whether you're a politician, sure. whether you're a whatever, just reveal something great. Wow. Just you are built with you're built from great substance. Do that. Yeah. And that gives me hope. You know, I've traveled all over the world, I've seen some atrocious things, hmm. I've met some atrocious people. Hmm. But I've got to keep hope alive. I've got to what keep, else do you have? Yeah. Bro? I've got to keep believing that human beings it's not the worship of human beings, but it's that once human beings find a purpose, they can be great. Is that why you got into politics? Totally. Yeah. Because politics is an ugly game, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's a mafia uh, business. Yeah. Man. I don't hey, know how you guys do it's it. It's an man. ugly game. Hey. Yeah. I, had, I had young kids, I, I had young kids uh, when the campaign heats up and you're away from kids. It's not always healthy for family. It's not, mm. alcohol is cheap in parliament. <laughs> they won't tell you that, but that's the truth. Whoa! Uh, uh, so, so it's 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 and it's a lot of things, you know. It's a lot of things, but but again, I didn't find being in parliament that dif different to my own sense of expression of purpose. I didn't find it. I, you know, for me. There are three things I exist to do. I think I want to rebuild this country because I genuinely believe we have a great nation. Mm -hmm. a Beautiful I've, country. I've got well. a, oh, yeah. Especially Cape Town. He's from Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> Cape Town is... It yeah. depends which Cape Town. That's all of it is. It's, uh, I mean, our country is beautiful. If yeah, you go to Pumalanga, it's yo, a beautiful yo, yo, place. Yo, I mean, beautiful. You, you go to KZN. Yeah. Um, so I... So, so there's a rebuild formation that comes out of what I look to do. There's a renewal sense of going, can we find, can we help people find their true purpose? And ultimately, I, I, I want to serve this country to the best that I can, that we build a nation that prospers for everybody. Now, if you find that, 
it doesn't matter whether you are president or pauper. It doesn't matter whether you're business or whatever. I've done enough diverse things, but the why is always the same. Mm. We don't invest in businesses that harm people. Mm. We invest in businesses that build great people. We don't get involved politically. So when I got into politics, I'll tell you this, man. I was Kozan Sprayed. I'll never forget this. I went to go visit this woman. I was sitting with her. I said, Mama, what are you doing? She says, no, I'm digging this thing in the toil in, in, in the garden. I said, when's I'm doing, Mom? She said, no, I'm building my own toilet. Oh. And then I thought, where is the dignity in that woman when she's building her own toilet in democratic South Africa? Oh. Is that poverty, one of the things that poverty does is that it robs people of their dignity. Oh, yeah. Once you've lost your dignity, your dignity is synonymous to your humanity. Oh. I can take away everything, mm. but I can't take away your dignity. Mm. What apartheid did is that it insulted and dethroned the dignity of human beings. The task that we've got to do, that's why in our constitution, the values begin with dignity. That's why today, the job that we've got to do is build dignity. That's why when people make statements, regardless of where that statement comes from, I always wonder, don't impugn the dignity of somebody. When somebody says, no, but uh, we provide water, we do this, but the dignity of people is secondary, I go, that's wrong. Mm. The dignity is fundamental. My humanity, Botobaka, is fundamental to what I do. That's why I have a problem with those who are corrupt. Because I think, how can you steal from the people, arrive in the X5 you bought from the proceeds of stealing from those people and attend their funeral of their child who died because you didn't build the drains where those children were supposed to, where the, the, the sewage system was supposed to work from. Mm. That, to me, is undermining the dignity of people. So, so I've never shied away from the notion that my spirituality, my own value set, is something that helps me guide what we do politically. Where do you think corruption stems from? To me, I hate to sound preachy, but it starts with incompetence. When people don't know what they're supposed to do, they can become corrupt. Mm. Because, I mean, I, I, when you want to try and tell me what a swimming pool is a fire pool, like genuinely, like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. When a website is 140 million rand, don't, don't do that. So there's a dynamic of incompetence and an incompetent state. I sometimes think we don't have a corruption problem. We have a competence problem mm. in this sense. If I take my iPad, I put it on the table and then I leave. If one of the comrades here needs an iPad and takes it, mm. it's not their fault. Mm. They need it. They took it. Mm. And if I have the incapability of arresting them post facto, then who's the problem exactly? Mm. So the first one is incompetence. The second one, I think, is the lack of transparency. That's what feeds corruption. So when, when decision-making is done only by you, so if only one person at the home affairs can decide who gets an ID, that person is bound to be corrupt because mm. they have extraordinary power that other people don't have. Let's keep everything transparent. And then the last thing I would argue the case is that actually the system becomes corrupted when people lose the purpose of money. If you say to me, I give you a billion rands and you don't know what to do with that billion rands or to deploy it or to use it properly, you end up thinking it's for your personal use because mm. it's money available. So we've got to reform the state to say, we mustn't just be offended at corruption that it benefits a few. We must be offended at corruption because of the opportunity cost that corruption does. When people are corrupt and children don't have a school, it's not only that they stole that money. It's that now we've got kids who are sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. Um, I nearly said fuck all, but I'm not sure if I'm okay to say that. <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like they're sitting here. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. just, and it makes me angry. Like, think, think about, think about the floods in KZN. Mm. It's a, it's a human disaster. It's a natural disaster. I get mm. that. But how many bridges were substandard? How many drainage systems were not done? Because the government is incompetent. Now people die. Mm. Why, why do we sit around and tolerate that? Mm. It's, it, it is unacceptable. And that's the opportunity cost of corruption. Young people are unemployed today. You know, if we were growing in the last 10 years at the same rate as other developing economies, today we would have 23 million people employed as opposed to 14 million people. Huh. Now, that's the opportunity cost. The line of unemployment starts if people, you just said to people, cut social distance, you will line up one next to each other, all the unemployed. It would start in Cape Town, it would finish in Cairo. Yo! Let's yo. place that image in context. 
But with all this knowledge, why didn't you do this when you're in the DA? It's a good question. You know what I think, actually? I think it's, unf it's an unfair statement. Yeah. Because I think we said, a, I said a lot of things. Yeah. I fought for a lot of things. Sure. But I think sometimes people look at the wrapping of the DA and they say, I don't hear some of those things because of where they are coming from. Mm. I always fought for equity. Mm. Uh, and I worked hard for it. Mm. In fact, against even the DA's own caucus, I was the first one to say more than half of our members of parliament need to be uh, people of colour. Yeah. I, I always fought for that. Uh, I always fought for ideals around education and I said, well, you can't build multiple cities, you've mm. got to build one city. I, I, I always fought for an economy that works. Mm. I think sometimes people don't hear you just, just like when you go to your doctor who's wearing a white coat, you're not expecting philosophy, you're expecting health. 100%. So sometimes I think when you wear like kind of like a DA cloak, people kind of look at you and they go, and, and sometimes here's the problem. One of the greatest difficulties is that every time I'd arrive at an interview, someone would sit back and say, Helen, uh, how, is, how is Helen Zille? Mm, mm. <laughs> and that's the con that's it. That's that's what you want to talk about, like or like yeah. oh Ruth will like got this one or that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the problem with that is that we reduce our problems to personalities mm. and fail to really interrogate. I can promise you now, none of us sitting here know what the president's ideas are. Yeah. But instead, we want to ask him, Zweli, is Zweli going to win? So the problem with politics is that it focuses on intra-politics hmm. and it forces people to be engaged in fights. That's why I don't have time for the, the DA in that sense. I don't have time for any other. I'm saying, let's talk about South Africa. Let's talk about unemployment. Let's talk about, you know, crime. Let me take crime as an example. Mm. Again, here's an image to remember. If I lined up all the coffins of the people who have been murdered since 1994, they would start in Joburg and finish in Cape Town. Sure. Damn it. Mm. The murder rate in this country, we don't talk about it enough. Mm. We, we really don't. Yet people are being murdered. People. Yeah, it, it takes like traveling to other countries like Botswana, Mozambique, um, we were at uh, Swaziland. Yeah. And when they talk about crime, they're like, yo, they're scared to come to SA because of like the stuff they see. It's not normal in their country. It's, and, and, and these are things that when we look at what the real problems of this country is, we must have, to me, it's all about jobs. We've got to bunker down and say, is what we're doing helping us build jobs or not? Mm. Is what we're doing, yeah. We, 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 we got to focus on that. We got to say to ourselves, is the education of our kids where it's at? You know, I mean, let me be frank. Mm. A child who grows up in Soweto today and a child who grows up in Stellenbosch, their prospects are exactly the same as they were pre-1994. Huh. That's something that's, that's wrong, mm. right? So we've got to make it such that if everybody works hard and I can't it will get rewarded. Mm. I think one of the most difficult things is that we got too many people hustling, but it never gets rewarded sometimes. Mm. You, you, you can run a great gig, mm. whatever the gig is. Mm. Ah, stugu, stugu. the comrades get favored. Mm. Mm. That, that shouldn't happen. So I want to build a state. That's why, that's why I'm here. So you say, Arias, whatever. The truth is, this is the stuff that I lie in bed at night going, eh. We must fix South Africa. What do you think about what um, Ntata Lux is doing, Operation Dudula? <clears throat> Brother, I won't lie to you, man. Uh, immigration is a very important issue, okay? You've got to have controlled immigration, which means that you must make sure it's possible for anyone who comes into this country to be properly registered and for them to claim the status that they need legally. Okay? It doesn't start inside the country. It starts at the border. Inside the country is a different conversation. And that's why I have a problem with what's going on. Mm. I have a problem with that because you can't go around reducing South Africa's problems to the problems of immigrants. I have a problem with that. Mm, mm. I have a problem for a number of reasons. One, 
to back to the earlier part of this conversation. I grew up Kukasi, where in Soweto, I can remember the violence between Zulus and uh, and everyone else in some instances. That we used to have that from hostels. Mm. You had to learn how to speak as a Zulu. Mm. Mm. I struggle when someone arrives in deep slot and says, "Info, count in a language that's African and oh, that's South African. If you can't, you are an immigrant. We are going to do yeah, oh, what's you. this? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean." Hey, they would have killed me, man. Hey. You, you know what I mean? So, so, so you are endangering your own citizens. Yeah. Secondly, the pain is job creation. People want work. But you can't say jobs are now stolen by immigrants whilst there's a government that's failed. Lastly, you got to get back to dealing with dictators in Swaziland, in Zimbabwe, and say to those people, hey, you can't carry on like this. Because that must be a point at which you can't say, eh, we'll open our borders for everybody. Mm. But you don't deal with the dictators who are forcing people to leave their country. Mm. Immigration is a global phenomenon. My problem with what some of the Operation Dudula is doing is that it is hating on fellow Africans. And I have a problem with that. Mm. You see, I can invite you to my house, brother. We have a great dinner. We eat. It's nice. We have a good time. And then my wife says something. And then I give her a backhand and then I hit her. Mm. Do you sit at the dinner and go, the dinner was nice. That's just a small issue of domestic violence. Or do you say, if you hit anyone, the whole thing is a problem. Mm. Once you go out of your way, to hate fellow Africans, you not only self, you create self-hatred. And furthermore, you lose the actual conversation about migration. You actually enter into a space that I think undermines the sense of self. Mm. So to me, Let's work out policies that deal with migration. Mm. Let's deal with borders. Let's ensure that I'm, sim- I'm understanding. We don't want little Lagos or little this place. We don't want that. Mm. We want societies that work. But let's make sure that actually we address the issues that we face, whether those are employment, healthcare, access, etc. Let's focus on the government because the ANC would love nothing more than having people who go out and say, our problems are because of immigrants. Because guess what the ANC does? It sits back and says, we are born, let them fight there. Oh. See, now we can carry on with our business here, whilst in fact the country is being mismanaged, misgoverned for long. If you reduce all our problems on immigrants, you've missed the point. You wake up, you're president of South Africa tomorrow, what are you changing? Firstly, the state. Yeah. Uh, we have a hollowed out state. I mean, <laughs> what does the Minister of Small Businesses do? every day? What does the Minister of Comms do every day? How do you interact with government? Doing an incredible thing here. What, how do you interact? Does government help you? Is it on your side? <laughs> I don't even uh, think they know we Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So fix it. Fix it. Fix it is all I'm trying to say. Let's build a capable state um, that is able to deliver on certain things because any program you adopt from that point requires the capability of the government. You and I must try, boss. If we live here, we can go to any home affairs here, try and get an ID. Dololo. Mm. You'll spend the whole day, two days. That's economically not being productive in a system that can be digitized helpful. So let's, up, let's fix the state. And I think that's one of the things that is crucial. The second thing is, it's about jobs, stupid, to Clinton's campaign. Mm. Let's do everything that fixes our economy. And for me, one of the things that's crucial is redirect your spending towards economic efficiency so that micro-enterprise can thrive. Let's help people. Let's make it easier for people to employ. Let's make it easier for for, for micro-small businesses to happen. Um, 
so that you can, you know, in 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 economies our size, eighty percent of the businesses employ between ten to twenty people. Sure. Whereas in this country, we're so obsessed with all of these big businesses, mm. and we're hoping for thousands and thousands. Yes. Now, actually, let's help thousands of people who hire fewer oh, people. Oh, I get you. You know what yes, I mean? So let's yes. do that, and then let's change this thirty percent pass rate business. I know I've been like being hammered. I know you can pass at more. No, no. Which child must pass at thirty percent? Yeah. Would, would you, if 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 I got you into an Uber now, yeah, and the Uber driver says, "I brother, I only know thirty percent of the road signs." <laughs> are you are you in there? Like, are you like going? Yes, we can. <laughs> right? Like I'm like. <laughs> so so the truth is, uh, we got to fix our education system. Not only from changing the pass rate point of view, but ensuring that actually we've got teachers who do full days of teaching, making sure learners. Actually, can read and write by the age of ten, so that's fixing ECD, making sure that our math, science, um, technology, and English, so the STEM subjects, we help those kids be able to succeed in that regard. Because if we don't focus on that, we are not only robbing kids of jobs of today, we're robbing them of jobs of the future. Mm. Because what you guys are doing here now, when I was at school, no one told me I could host a podcast. Mm. Was never thought of. It didn't exist. But you know how to work a Mac. You know mm. how to do recording. These guys are doing sound engineering. They're mm. doing all sorts of things. Mm. These are new jobs. Mm. And I'm saying, well, what's coming next? What's coming next? And how do we help young people participate in that economy? Let's 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 focus on that. Um, I can go through another things, but those are for me. And then lastly, obviously, I've lamented a lot about the safety of this country. And one of the things I'm very keen to do is to say, let's stop having a national SAPS because SAPS at a national level means that when you go to a police station, the accountability isn't lowest to the ground, mm. which means someone can bribe the cop or someone can make your file disappear. All of those things. Let's decentralize the police, merge them with metro, so that how it's and you cause kak in the city, we can lock you up. Yeah. Right? I think those for me would be priorities that we'd focus on. Because in a safe country with educated people and economy that's growing, I think we've got the basis to really move South Africa forward. You know what my thing is with politics? I hate politics, man. Because mm -hmm. there's so many people like yourself and other politicians who have great ideas, dog. Mm. But once they get in there, nothing ever changes. It's like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nothing ever changes, bro. Nothing. Like, if you get in there tomorrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. would you implement any change? Of course. Would you not eat? <laughs> yeah. With uh, all that power. <laughs> <laughs> the orders get them eat. If all, you know what I mean? Essentially. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. And, and citizens are correct to be annoyed about that. You, you should be. You're right. You're right to call out the stuff about politicians not actually doing what they're meant to do. But imagine if you got in and you had the fear of getting out soon. Because when I talk about electoral reform, the reason why politicians get in and eat it's because they don't fear the voter. They're comfortable. You know what I mean? They're not scared of you. They're not scared that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, hi, Moose, we gave you three years or we gave you two years. Because change doesn't, you know, doesn't, it's not like this. But let's say we give you two, three years. In the three years, we say, ah, Moose, you're not doing anything, boss. We're going to move a motion for you to be removed. As citizens, we can do that. And then I would be recalled by the citizens. Now, that's why direct elections are important. Because at this point in time, we all vote for a party, and then the party deploys who they like, and then after five years, they come back to you with a food parcel, and then you go, oh, great, let's start again, let's vote again. But what I'm saying is, let's invert the triangle. Let's not put politicians at the top, let's put citizens at the top, and make sure people can account. Because at this point in time, no one accounts to anybody. So, is so, so, so to your point, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Politics is messed up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. The reason I walked out of parliament wasn't the DA in many ways. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I said to, to President Ramaphosa, I said, Chief, the people out there, you're not talking to them. You're not talking about them. Yeah. When the next time they come here, they're going to set this place on fire. Mm. And the riots in July last year were exactly 100%. about that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. people going... We want to show you that we want our power back mm. for right or wrong reasons. You can debate the issue after that. But so what I'm trying to get at is when it's said and done, you got to force me to listen to you, 
not you listen to me. Oh. And we must pass laws that make it possible for me to hold you accountable, to make sure that actually when it's said and done, there's nothing I do that doesn't fear you. Because mm. in other democracies, you screw up, people vote you out. Mm. In this country, you screw up, you get promoted. Oh. That's a problem. I think as uh, it's point like when I look at all the parties, there's just too many parties out there. And, you know, you've got your organization. Herman Mashaba's got his own thing going on. It, to me, it feels like everybody's just fighting for a seat. And like you say, you're going to run in the next elections. But this, it, it feels like ANC, DA won't even feel anything a dent because all the other votes just spread amongst all your small parties. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think one of the things that we've got to do is, is make it less and make the people who agree work together so that we can make a bigger alternative. But here's the proof point. To me, I'm saying I'm not trying to build another bus. I'm trying to build Uber. Oh. And by that, I mean, let's put candidates who come from communities who you can dictate to what they want to do so that they can represent you in parliament. Oh. That's what I'm trying to oh. do. So it's not like just simply going around going, let's just start another party for a party's sake. Let's create a movement. If I can say to young people, uh, if, if, even in this room, guys, this is your country. All we need is three and a half million votes to bring about the change. Because yes, politics doesn't always deliver on everything, but change has its own dividends. And we've got to change the system. So let Uber compete, but we've got to ensure that communities are at the top because when we do that, we stop having too many parties. We actually have leaders in communities. Boss, last, the, the riots last year, which leader went to the community and said, hey, Batu, calm down. Oh, yeah, yeah. In what capacity? Well, you could tell you was told to go there. Exactly. <laughs> Me, I'm saying, let the person who was elected from Soweto yeah. be there. Yeah. Because once the, Charlotte McClake just burned down the road. Mm. Yeah? Charlotte McClake. Who said anything? Who's accountable for that? Mm. But here's the problem. You've got a hospital that is no longer working, at least is overflowing in capacity, but no one is saying anything. So all I'm saying to you is, this is our country. Don't feel like you are disempowered. Get back and let's... Let's let's collectively together say, mm. let's do what we need to do. What what's what do you think about the role of like white monopoly capital? What's your take yeah, on it's that? Yeah, it's a it's a challenge. It's a challenge. I think the 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 sentiment you are referring to is when an economy is locked in a few hands. Mm. Okay. I've set up an, a social impact fund precisely because we're trying to break monopolism, mm. and we've got to ensure that you can't. The easiest way I can say it is, let's not allow that person who owns the restaurant to also own the distribution company that delivers the food to the restaurant and the farm that makes the food at the mm. restaurant. The value chain is... So let's create industries that can, can compete in that. Mm. Let's make sure that... I'm strong on equity. Yeah, I think participation is the issue in that... Let's reset. So like there are a couple of things that for a short-term intervention, I've asked for a national venture capital fund so that black businesses can benefit from that and participate in the economy. And the second thing that I've said is, look, if your parents didn't go to university, let the state fund your university. Mm. Because if we do that, let's get you involved because that is a clear demonstration of the fact that we're trying to change. And then even on the farming thing, man, I've been thinking a lot about how we do it. And one of the things I've been trying to think is, if you're a black farmer, we must give you cheap finance or easier finance to access. Uh, for white farmers, they must go and compete for, for market share in market like anyone else would. Yeah. But what we then do is if you're a partnership between those two things, you can qualify in a medium scale so that we can actually break down the fact that we want more people to participate. That's what we want to do. Oh, Musa Maimani, sorry, man, you got to go because like, we only have you for 40, 45 minutes. Oh, snap. He's got to catch a plane. But uh, you can't leave before I ask you this because this is a very important question. Kaiser Chiefs. No, no, no. Oh, Course it for life. Do you like Shims' new single? <laughs> Spinning oh, the turntables. Oh, Shimza! 
shims are drumming you singers. Do you like it? No, I don't. It spins the turntables, that one. I... No, 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 no. <laughs> what, what music are you listening to? Who do you listen to? Right now, I listen to uh, a whole range. Yeah. I'm just starting to get back into a lot of kind of like Afro jazz. Okay. So I'm starting to hang back into that, harking back. Yeah. I went through a whole thing about rap, so yeah. I was listening to it a little bit. Who are you, who, who are you listening to? I listen to different things. I mean, remember, remember now we grew up on Tupac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Biggie. So people like, yeah. uh, I suppose part of what Drake and, and the team are doing, that's yeah. super. But now I'm literally, if you were to check my my iPod now, iPod. Good generational <laughs> thing, but Bro, iPod, iMusic. Man. I, hey, man. <laughs> How old are you? Give me all I had the first one of the first one. I, 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 I listen to a whole genre of things. And then I'll close with this. Because yeah. this is the sad bit. You'll never know. Yeah. Your phone becomes the entity of your kids. So I have to listen to Sing. Yeah. Sing all that music from yeah. Sing 2. So that's yeah. me. Yeah. Great. So you don't listen to any local rappers like uh, Blackie, Nasty C, those Bo, guys? I try, mm. but I must be honest, um, on another scale, I do listen, mm. but not enough. I'll be fair enough mm. because in truth, I read a lot. Mm. I listen to a lot of audibles. What are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading a book called Exodus by Paul Collier, which is about immigration and immigration laws. But I read four or five books at the same time. So Jeez. No, I, I, you have to keep going because I get Jeez. bored. With, it's like, but all of us do it for other medium. Mm. I mean, you watch television. You don't watch just one channel. You yeah. And then you switch to sport. You, you like got all things going on. Yeah, so yeah. I find the same with books. So I listen to Paul Collier. I listen to Three Big Economies. Wow. I listen to think like a king a book written by a friend of mine and then i'm busy working on my own book yeah nice so there's a lot of that kind of work happening yeah. and then yeah so i'll try and read a fair balance so some policy stuff um i'm working on all wretched of the earth by Franz fanon wow. so it's a it's a like i i read i like i, I, I read yeah That's what, so so i read listen to a bit of music and then tweet tweet what I like. <laughs> What's your book about? About yourself? Yeah, it's called Believe in Tomorrow. Mm. Uh, and it really is about this country, where it's going to go. Uh. And maybe you want to find out a little bit more about the disappointing alliance. Ooh. Oh, DA. Oh, <laughs> so you're coming back before you drop the book. No, you got to come uh, back. Anytime, anytime. It's a man. great privilege and a pleasure to be here. I respect yeah, what you guys do. Thank and you so much, man. <laughs> I want you to do well. If you were like in government, how would you interact with this podcast? Because it asks if government is doing anything with us or for us. Well, firstly, I think everyone, everyone. Um, so, so if President Maimani was here, I'd make sure that every time you want to gain access to any minister in government, they must be here. Oh, wow. Simple, and, right? And, 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 and that's it. Why is that? Why is that important? Because you can't hide from the people. Mm. Pitch. You might ask me, you're going to ask me difficult questions. You'll ask me about this one, ask me about that one. That's okay. Mm. But I'm a public representative. I don't represent myself. Come and take me apart. Yeah, and bring the money. We need Just, the money. Oh, the money, yeah. 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 We need the bags. Now it's all. Hey, man. Zong. We are here. Podcast and chill. <laughs> Boom. Thank Peace. you so much. We my money. Uh, Thank you, Superstar, man. Thank you. Alostro. Ramosi. Alostro. Someone is here. They want to I've got, got a bounce. Yes, yeah, we know. That was amazing. We could have done two hours easy. Oh, yeah, definitely. There are so many other questions there. Yeah, yeah. So but I'll, I'll come for take two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, brothers, I'm late. Like, I'm badly. Sorry, sorry. Quick snap, quick snap, quick snap.